0: So ended up we got the phone in there, we got the carpet, we got everything sorted out, we turned the whole thing in three days. um, And now that's sort of what we're aiming for now instead of saying, you know, hey, if we can get something done in three days, why not save on the vacancy costs and and try to sort of get everything scheduled um, if possible.
1: Hey, it's Rod Cleef, author of the best selling book, How to Create Lifetime Cash Flow Through Multifamily Properties. And I want to tell you, I've got an incredible three day boot camp coming up in Los Angeles. It's January 17th, 18th, and 19th, and my good friend Adam Adams is coming to add even more value again. And this event is not a sellathon, okay? We, you know, we don't bring in outside speakers to sell you stuff. It's just me with super successful investors like Adam teaching you about this exciting multifamily business. And Because 80 to 90% of your success in anything is your mindset and your psychology. We also teach you how to take massive freaking action with what you learn. So if you're an Adam Adams listener, use that code ADAMADAMS to get $100 off your already very reasonably priced tickets. Now go to RodinLosAngeles.com and use the code ADAMADAMS. And Adam and I will look forward to seeing you there. So again, that code is ADAMADAMS at RodinLosAngeles.com. We'll see you soon. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your
2: source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by realbluespruce.com. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I am your host, AAA, Adam AAA Adams, and today I'm with a friend of mine, Nathan Loy, who is um, he's going to help you understand a little bit more about property management. Asset management, property management. Now he is currently a property manager, a leasing consultant, not just a, uh, he's the top leasing consultant for a 350 unit right here locally in the Broomfield, Colorado area uh, where we are recording from. So I'm going to bring Nathan on the show so that he can teach you a little bit about what you need to be looking for in a good leasing agent, in a good property management company. As you go and and build your portfolio and buy single family, multifamily, you're going to ask yourself, how am I going to hire the right person? So these five tips, talking about trust and honesty, talking about going above and beyond, talking about uh, resident retention, the follow-up, the fortunes in the follow-up. He's going to teach you how. And then the fifth big one is how do you work with property management companies? So with that said, welcome to the show, Mr. Nathan Loy.
0: Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much, Adam. I really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. Um, so just you guys getting a bit of idea of where I came from. So I started off sort of my real estate career in commercial real estate, um, primarily working on sort of the, the office and sales side of things. Then when I moved out to Colorado was doing some fix and flips and now sort of found my home in multifamily, you know, combining both of the hustle and bustle of commercial with sort of helping people out on sort of the residential side. So as Adam said, you know, I'm currently one of the top leasing consultants um, throughout Colorado for a 340 unit complex in Broomfield. Um, one of the first things I want to talk about is sort of that trust and honesty. So the property management team is sort of the first boots on the ground when any new customer, when a new prospect comes into that leasing office, we call it a welcome center. Um, but essentially, you're, you're going to be the first point of contact whenever that new prospect is looking for a new apartment. And so one of the first things I want to talk about is how to sort of build that trust and honesty. So whenever I am going on tours, or I'm showing people around the community, one of the first things that I really try to do is sort of figure out what exactly they're looking for. You know, I don't want to give them some sort of roundabout spiel of some rote memory script that I've memorized. I really want to, you know, get them engaged and get them sort of talking because that's sort of how I learn what they're looking for, what they're not looking for, um, and really it's sort of best how how I can help them out. So the first thing is sort of building that trust, you know, greeting them with a warm, welcome smile. And I always try to make them laugh. You know, nobody wants to go on 10,000 apartment tours and have, you know, this the person leave you off in the distance and, and it'd be real boring or, or you know, not exciting. So one of the best things I can do is sort of crack jokes um, and just sort of get, get them talking, get them talking about themselves. And and what, one of the biggest reasons sort of that I found to sort of get someone to open up is sort of the, the reason for the move. You know, um, are you just coming from out of state? Then we can talk about that. If you're, you know, just a student for looking for some new housing, we can open up that sort of conversation. So really just asking questions is sort of the main, the main sort of advice I give for any lease consultant.
2: All right. So number one was trust and honesty. And and the way that you really start to develop that is by asking questions and building rapport, helping to get them started to laugh. Okay. I love that. Um, Now we are live on Facebook. And for those of you who are on the Facebook right now, feel free to drop your questions right here, right now. And That will help us. So if if you're curious about something, throw it out and Nathan will answer that live on the podcast as well. So number out of the five, number one is trust and honesty. Now we're going to be talking about going above and beyond. So take it away, Nathan.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So again, sort of the whole point of being customer focused, as I said, is trying to, to help that prospect find exactly what they're looking for. You know, if they're looking for a one bedroom, it doesn't make sense for me personally to show them a two bedroom unless that's sort of what they've talked about and be interested in. So as a lead consultant, I do everything possible I can to make them feel welcome. You know, when they come in, I, I greet them, I ask them if they want some water, if they want something to drink, just get them comfortable. Um, you know, when, when we're on looking around the property, um, you know, I'll point out different things that might be of interest to them. But when you actually get inside the the actual apartment itself, you really have to gauge what sort of prospect you're working with you know, are they the type of people who just sort of want to walk through the entire apartment by themselves? Do they want to be guided through? Um, if they're if the apartment is coming up in the future, do they want to see where those views are? Do they want to see the location to the dog park? You, know, you really have to be thinking about when they're living here, what will make them be like, hey, you know, what? I feel at home. I feel that I can trust the property management team to take care of me. And all I have to do is sort of live here and, and enjoy the, the the space.
2: Out of curiosity, how do you find out Uh, or learn or understand or get a feel for Mm -hmm. when a potential resident wants to show themselves the apartment or the, if they want your direction, like how can you tell if they want more direction or they want to kind of do a self-guided tour?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So most of that comes from intuition and sort of for me, how they approach the front door. So if they're sort of walking behind you and being sort of hesitant uh, you know, waiting feet open the door for them and, and, and shagging behind you, more than likely they're probably going to want you to go in first, um, to sort of point out, you know, here's going to be the guest bedroom, the guest bathroom, that sort of thing. If they're sort of sticking with you and as soon as you open the door, they're sort of, you know, going around, open up cabinets, getting different doors open and then looking around themselves, also let them get comfortable, let them figure out what, what would work for them and, and, you know, also just sort of, sort of asking, you know, hey, um, you know, in terms of in terms of um, layout, you know, would are you bringing a lot of furniture over here? or Are not bringing a lot of furniture over here? Um, and so if they start mentally sort of mapping out the space themselves, I can get an idea that okay, they're the ones who are sort of envisioning it and can take it on their own. If they're saying you know you know how would you set up this space? How would you mount the TV? Then they're going to be more the ones who want to be led. Um, so sort of further down that decision-making process.
2: I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, you know, one of the listeners uh, who's on Facebook Live right now, uh, Trina, a good friend of mine, who's also property manager um, and an investor. I think she has at least a hundred doors. I can't. I can't recall. Uh, Trina, tell me how many doors you have these days, because I cannot recall. But um, Trina's on, and she's managing tons of doors, and she asks. When out of area investors are shopping your property management company, what is the must have takeaway that you feel they need to get from your uh, initial conversation? So out of state person comes and they want to talk and and vet your property management company. What do you want to make sure that they know?
0: Fundamentally, it has to be about trust. If you're an out of state investor, you have to trust the property management that's in the out of, out of state that, that they're going to manage the property, that they're going to slam your retention goals, that they're going to give you the returns that you're looking for. You know, pe- people will bring you different deals and they're going to be different returns, but without that trust of the operator, it's really hit or miss. You know, for me, it'd be really about how can I sort of portray that we will take care of the residents for you guys. You don't even need to worry um, about what's happening on the ground. We'll, we'll, being clear communication with you, really, that's also a major point is clear communication, especially if you're going to be out of state, you're going to want to have, you know, bi-weekly meetings or even monthly meetings um, and sort of vet the, the property management group, especially sort of seeing what they've done on past properties or what they're doing on current properties, even going out there to sort of visit them in person, meet them in person, and then sort of, as I said, building that trust and getting sort of everything sorted out from there on out.
2: Okay, got it. Well, Paige is on and he's talking about bucket of jokes and that's what he does as well. Uh, Trina's on and there's a few more that have been watching. Um, so thank you for being on the Facebook live guys. Uh, it's always good to have you. So we talked about trust and honesty. We talked about going above and beyond. We had a lot of interesting tips and tricks that are going to be very helpful when other people are either going to be a property manager themselves or a leasing consultant, or if we're going to be hiring one. So this has been very valuable so far. Number three of five is resident retention and occupancy, hosting events. Talk a little bit more about how you continue to have good solid resident retention with the units that you manage.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So resident retention is all about you know pleasing the current residents and, and occupancy is all about sort of getting new residents in because um, you know, sort of occupancy is, is one of the bottom lines when looking out in um, investments and whatnot. So for occupancy, what what I always do is I always see sort of what are we currently occupied at and what are we preleased at. Um, you know, our current occupancy is is important, but I would say even more important is our prelease in the future. You know, how how many vacancies we have in the future that haven't been leased yet, um, and that sort of comes into you know building trust and getting new new prospects in. But in terms of Resident retention, you really want your residents to be happy, to want to live there, to renew three, four, five times. You know, we've had um, residents at, at my property that have been there for, for 20 plus years. So one of the ways we do that is hosting events. So at least once a month, we'll host some sort of event, um, can be centered around the holidays. But just so that the, not only that the residents can meet each other, but so they can also rent, uh, so that they also sorry, know us and get to trust us. Um, so something we just did recently was we, um, invited the local police department to come by and do sort of a safety talk and sort of, and kind of, you know, how can the property, um, be safe? How do you not be a victim? That sort of thing. Another thing we did was, um, during Valentine's day, we did sort of chocolate fondue. Um, and, and sort of another thing that happens with resident attention that, that we do is, um, we'll do welcome home gifts. So whenever someone moves in, the first thing they see on the kitchen counter is, you know, a gift for them, um, that has some, you know, moving essentials like uh, paper towels, newspaper, uh, that sort of thing, you know, um, whatever else they need, soap, sponges. So it's just something they can, if they can use in their house and sort of they can, as soon as they walk in the door, feel welcome, feel um, at home.
2: So you want – I love that you are giving them paper towels and other things that they need right when they move there because a lot of us, when we're moving into a new spot – We don't always think about some of those. We're like, we go and sit on the toilet and we're like, oh no, I don't have any toilet paper. So uh, that's really cool. That's really cool. And I know that it goes a long way for your residents, that and everything else that you had shared with us. So let's talk a little bit about the follow-up. The fortune is in the follow-up. So what are you doing specifically to help um, with your properties that you manage to make sure that... You get a better result by following up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So for me, there, there's there's follow up on on two ends. There's a follow up on sort of the residential side of things in terms of our current residents. So you want to be always staying in front of them, always posting on. If you have a portal, if you have a Facebook page, always staying in front of them, always posting relevant things that might actually help them out. Um, you know, every you know, fifteen days, seventy five days, one hundred fifty days, we'll send out emails, and then we're really looking for feedback. That's really the most important thing. Is for Residents not only to trust us but to, to tell us what's going on. You know, how can we improve? What can we do to make your experience better? And then there's also the follow up on sort of the prospect side. So, whenever sort of a new lead comes in, I will follow up with them within 24 hours. That has to be sort of just, just mandatory. You know, you have to, they have to feel that they're appreciated and that they're wanted. So, whenever they come in into our system, I'll either give them a call or send them an email inviting them to, to come to the property. Etc personally, I would love to meet them in person. I would rather have them come and show them in person rather than doing everything all virtual. Um, sometimes, I, obviously, it can't be the case, but more often than not, I'd like to get them to the properties, let them see them, see sort of everything on site. And then after the tour, after everything's been great, you know, I'll, I'll walk them out the door. That's also super important to to be with them throughout the entire tour process. And then I'll give them a call the next day. Um, and then pretty much from a week on out, I'll just keep, keep following up. I I've checked my follow-up numbers and I have about, two to three times more emails than any other leasing consultant currently. Um, and that's just because I'm relentless when it comes to follow up. I will, you know, I want to, if I don't get an answer from you, it might be not be the right time. You might've missed my email. I'm not going to take it personally. And that's also another thing. It's not taking sort of the, the nose personally It's just, you know, finding out, you know, sometimes you just, they just don't like the property they did not like location and I'd much rather someone be honest with me and just sort of tell me that up front than having to, to chase them down with emails. But I'll do that if that's necessary just your, to get an answer. You know, for me, it's all about standing in front of them. As I said, you know, 70% of sales come between the 5th and the 12th time. And I, I want to be in sort of that, that range because honestly, I feel the more someone, the more you get in front of someone, the more you talk to someone, the more sort of they feel relaxed and they said, okay, oh, you know, he, he can actually trust you. I even had um, someone who was, who was moving from out of state and they said that the reason that they leased at the property was because of how caring I was in my follow-up and to always keep them abreast with the availability and, and everything like that.
2: All right, good stuff. We do have a couple of listener questions that have come in. Uh, one from Paige, one from Trina. And uh, Paige, Trina, I want you to know that we're going to get to both of those questions. Absolutely, but I wanna finish just getting through these five things and then we're going to get to the listener questions right after. All right, so we talked about trust and honesty. We talked about going above and beyond, resident retention um, and follow-up. The last one here, number five, is talking about the very best thing that an investor can do like a, somebody like me, who's going and buying apartment communities and what can we do to work better with someone like you, a leasing consultant. Um, so you have three tips under number five. So why don't you take it off? Take it away. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Don't take um, it off. That, <laughs> that's not,
0: <laughs> take it away. <laughs> um, so, so really as an investor, um, I personally would like to sort of meet everyone who's going to be involved in a property, whether that be contractors, property management team, leasing consultants, everything sort of the grounds all the way up. Um, and so one of the first things I want to talk about is sort of how to structure the payment for the leasing consultants. And some of the things I really want to talk about for that was was incentivizing your leasing consultants. They have to love what they do and they have to want to sort of be. Um, motivated to get those leases. They have to be motivated to bring people in. If you're just sort of just paying them hourly, it doesn't matter if they do one tour during the day or if they do three tours or if they get one lease or if they get five leases. Their, their base rate stays the same. So there's no incentive for them to, to bring new people or new prospects to your property. If you incentivize them with bonuses or, you know, with friendly competitions with other leasing consultants and sort of build that camaraderie, that really will, will drive more traffic to your property and get that occupancy. Um, numbers up to, to where you want it. And so the second thing I want to go on from there is to always check the numbers as an investor for not only the property management, but for sort of the leasing consultant themselves. So, how many guest cards have they converted into tours? How many prospects have they converted into residents? You know, how, how many renewals have been gone? How, what, how, what's their follow up like? Always be checking the numbers and sort of seeing, you know, and that sort of gets into the third sort of point as well. Is to find how things are interrelated and, and because honestly, I feel like that everything that happens in a property always affects something else. You know, if the contractors are late one day, it affects vacancy, which affects NOI, that thing. So understand the numbers and finding out, you know, why are we short on vacancy? Why are we short on occupancy? Where can we improve in resident retention and, and, and diving into seeing, you know, if, if I put my effort into this aspect, how will it affect, you know, another portion of the property? And that sort of starts with the lease consultant and, and getting the people into the property as for the boots on the ground. And sorry, so one thing I want to add on top of that was also shop your current property and to shop the comps around the property. Find out how the other leasing consultants in the area are doing. You know, what are they doing that you could either improve upon um, or what are they doing that you sort of want to stay away from? What are they offering? How are they doing their resident retention and finding out? Because whenever you're going to be investing in, in a property, you're always going to want to know what are the surrounding properties if, Someone comes to my property. What are what other properties in the area are they also going to go to, and how will I sort of stack up against them?
2: Yeah, that's brilliant, um, and that's definitely what we do. As uh, when we buy, we go and look at all of our competition, right? Uh, and you gotta you gotta know that not only are your buyers doing that, but definitely your your residents will be doing yeah. the same thing. All right, so we've got three. Um, three listener questions queued up. So if you are f- listening on the Facebook, if you're on the Facebook watching this video, then what you'll want to do is you'll drop any question that you have as relates to um, property management, asset management, or um, leasing consultant. And we'll make sure to help you get to the next level. But here are the fir- here's the three questions that I have so far. The first one is from Paige and he asks, Um, As you promote and host the community events, are the events in the decorated welcome center?
0: So they're going to be primarily in sort of clubhouse or focused around an amenity. So it's also a way we sort of highlight the amenity section. Um, Sometimes we might host sort of a a dog meeting event and bring everyone to the dog park with some new dog toys and, and a dog bath. We might bring people into the clubhouse if they want to watch. Um, you know, a football event or something like that. We'll decorate it for Halloween or for holidays. Um, Really anything we can do to highlight the amenities and then to take pictures and post that on sort of social media to get, you know, more people coming into the property as well.
2: The next question comes from Trina and she asks, what would you like to explain to out-of-area owners who have a difficult-to-lease property, particularly how to lease up your property uh, process or criteria um may differ how that process might differ from say an a or a B asset versus a C or lower
0: yeah yeah that's that's a, that's a great question so for me uh, again I would sort of dive into you know how are things being interrelated why is occupancy low is it because there's not enough growth in the area itself are you just simply in the, the wrong area are are the residents that are coming in are they defaulting and having to move out early um, really sort of diving into, why the property is not performing the way it should or, or the way that you'd like it to. And then from there, really either getting into the property management and either finding a new property management who is more aligned with, with your business goals or, you know, tailoring and and, and having discussions with the current property manager to see how they could better uh, perform to, to, you know, sort of what you're expecting or what you're looking for.
2: The next question is from Paige and he asked, "Do you use specific software to track your KPIs? The ones that you mentioned earlier on the those leases who have follow-ups and emails and re, rescheduled appointments, stuff like that. Um, do you have a software to help you track those KPIs?"
0: Yeah, absolutely. So right now, um, I'm using one site. I've used Act in the past, um, but yeah, right now I'm using uh, one site. It's it's awesome. You can put in new prospects. You can set follow-ups you can um do show units you can send quotes yeah really once i send- so
2: so it's called one site it's yeah. not just you're okay for, 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 you're like yeah i'm using this one site uh and i was like well tell me the name of the site i'm really curious what's the name of the site what's the one site Oh okay, so so is it just called dot com or yep Yep, okay, good. onesite.com. I'll put that in the comments right now of the Facebook. And if you're listening on just the podcast, um, you can actually scroll down and click that w- um, website, onesite.com. And I went ahead and clicked on it and it is, it is working. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what one site? Come on, spill the yeah. beans, man. Don't hold it back. <laughs> right? All right, all right. So that's what you've been using to track your KPIs. Okay. And tell me, tell me a bit more about how it works and what are, what are like the, um, most important KPIs that you're tracking?
0: Sure. So right now what we're primarily looking at, um, is closing ratios and sort of projected leases. So we sort of calculate that from prospects, how many sort of leads we're expected to get, how many of those we can convert into coming to the actual property. Then from there, how many of those we can get to tour and lease. Um, so sort of the main things we looked at are the resident retention, um, in terms of year over end, it, it marks that just great. Um, it takes into account occupancy goals, uh, where we can improve on, um, lease items. You know, if, if we have a reserved parking spot that's been vacant for, you know, 60 days so it will alert us, you know, Hey, you know, there's opportunity here where you can get some extra income coming in, um, that sort of thing.
2: Nice. Good stuff. All right, Nathan, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with the final five. As you know, the holidays are just around the corner and my sweetheart and I have been trying to figure out what we can do for other people to kind of just give back. And one thing that we've found is that we can actually buy toys for foster children. So that's one of the things that we're going to be focusing on this holiday season. And if you'd like to be a part of that, number one. send me an email and I'll let you know of all the drop-off points that are here in the Denver area in case you're local. And if you're not local and you are one of our past investors and you're planning on investing in this next deal, if you're at the $150,000 level or more, I want to go ahead and buy some toys in your name. And I'll donate them in your name and I'll just go ahead and take them to that drop-off spot. So for more information to this amazing cause, or to invest passively with us in one of our deals, scroll down, there's going to be a link, and you can get a little bit more information. Send me an email, and I'd be happy to partner with you on helping some foster kids get some toys. Mr. Nathan Loy, I heard you had an incredible uh, story for us for a creativity, uh, a deal that you did very creatively on the leasing side. Tell us a little bit more about that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I had um, this prospect come by, and sort of right off the bat, I could I got this intuition that he was sort of hesitant. Um, I couldn't exactly sort of pinpoint why he was hesitant or why he wasn't sort of pulling the trigger, or committing. Because everything he said about the the property, he loved. So taking around the tour, and you know, I, I'm showing the property, getting getting some questions asked. You know, exactly what are you, what are you looking for? And he said, you know, probably um, looking for a two bedroom, two bed and and he's going on about, about all the specifics, but I could tell that he wasn't ready to pull the trigger. And so um, I, I sort of just asked him, you know, hey, you know, are you ready to, to make a decision right now? Are you still looking around? What's, what's sort of the process moving forward? And it turns out he was actually um, shopping for someone he knew that he uh, w- was going to move from out of state. So um, it wasn't the the person who came to, to tour the, the property wasn't the person who was actually going to be leasing. It was actually for someone that he ended up knowing. So that was something that I never really dealt with before because I've always dealt with the person who comes to the property is the person who's going to be leasing. You know, similar to sort of out-of-state investors and that sort of thing. So um, I'm showing around the property, showing him the uh, the views from the apartment um, that is coming available that meant all pretty much take every box that he um, could possibly want in terms of having um, the attached garage, um, having a two-bed, two-bath, being on the top floor, that sort of thing. And so he ends up FaceTiming the person that he is, is shopping for and showing him around the property. And so now not only am I trying to tour him, I'm trying to also communicate to the person on the FaceTime who's the actual potential resident um, sort of what the, what the value of the property would be. So how things got sort of creative is that the person who's on that FaceTime call needed the, needed the apartment um, a few days before it was showing as ready on our end so typically we we like to turn the turn a property if it hasn't been if it's already been renovated within five to six days so he needed that within about a two to three day time frame for that turn um, so I didn't make any promises but you know again about going above and beyond and building that trust um, you know I said I'll, I'll do absolutely everything in my power to get it ready for you um, if you wouldn't mind just sitting tight give me till the end of the day um, and I'll get you, I'll get back to you with an answer so I spoke with the other lease consultants to see if they've been in that current um, apartment to see what the what the sort of status of it was. I talked with one of our maintenance techs, I talked to our maintenance supervisor to say, hey, you know, is it possible to get this turn time down to three days or is that just not an option? Um he said luckily he's like, no, I've actually just been in that apartment last week. Um shouldn't it be too too heavy a turn. We should be able to get it done in two to three days. Let me call the contracting, the carpet, the flooring, get that all sorted out. And and if that's all set, then yeah we can we can promise to get the guy in within three days. So I said, you know, sounds great, sounds great. Um, I end up and calling some of the, of the contractors myself, seeing, you know, time frame, again, going above and beyond, getting everything possibly I could do. I even contacted the current residents in the apartment to take pictures of what the views would be like, um, that sort of thing. So ended up, we got the flooring in there, we got the carpet, we got everything sorted out, we turned the whole thing in three days. Um, and now that's sort of what we're aiming for now. Instead of saying, you know, hey, if we can get something done in three days, why not save on the vacancy costs and and try to sort of get everything scheduled um, if possible? And so he ended up moving in um, a few days early. Love the spot. Um, and, and he's he's been a great resident so far.
2: Ah, thanks for sharing that cool story. What is a book that you recommend to the listener?
0: Yeah, so this is a book I'd recommend. It's called Investing in Real Estate. Um, it's by Gary Eldred. I have the seventh edition, but I love this book. It, it really goes over... Sort of why to invest in real estate, how to invest in real estate, depreciation, tax purposes. Um, it gives examples and that's sort of how I learn. I'm one that sort of, I need examples to just understand the dynamics of how things work. But honestly, if, if you're looking to get invested in real estate, either on a commercial or residential side, that's definitely the book that I would recommend. Um, cause it gives sort of the, the broad overview of everything, but it gives you such specific details that there's actionable items that you can, you know, work on as well.
2: The next question is one of my favorites. Where were you five years ago? Take us back five years ago and just tell us a little bit about what you were going through back then.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So five years ago, I was 20 years old, still in college. Um, And that was sort of when I I started my real estate career. You know, I I, I majored in psychology, pretty much knew off the bat I didn't want to be a psychologist or a psychiatrist. Um, And I was like, you know, how can I utilize the psychology that I'm really interested in and understanding how humans operate and how they work and how to bring people together, how can I utilize that and something I'm actually interested in? Um, and so at the time my ex-girlfriend's father was a private investor. Um, and He sort of got me in, in, interested into real estate and sort of, he was doing fiction flips. So he was telling me about cap rates, HELOCs, LOIs, that sort of thing. Um, and so I was like, man, this stuff is really interesting. It seems like a really great way to, to build wealth and to move forward. Um, and at the same time, I was talking with a good family friend who uh, works for a really large commercial commercial firm as a, as a managing director. And he said, if you really want to get involved in real estate, I say, go for the gusto, shoot for commercial, make the most of it. Um, and that's that's how I started going into that broker um, office, basically, about five years ago. Wow, I love that.
2: And now, give us a little idea of what you think it might look like um, in five years from today. Like, what
0: where where do you plan to be? Um, when you're 30, I am so excited. Honestly, just in the in the growth that I've experienced in the past five years, to project that five years out from now, I can't even imagine where I'm going to be. Um, I would love to to move full time into sort of the more of the investment management side of things. Um, pretty much every waking hour that I'm not doing the lease consultant, I'm investing and in learning about syndication and underwriting, um, and, and you know underwriting deals as much as I can. And, and honestly, I'd love in five years if I could. Um, be full time into syndication and underwriting. That would be that would be prime. You know, move full time into asset management. That'd be that'd be amazing. Nice. How do you give back? Honestly, I give back through just helping people out. So people, especially people who are getting started, um, either in leasing or with underwriting or with property management. Anyone who's starting out, you know, I I'll tell, I'll tell anyone. Let let me know how I can help you out. It doesn't have to be real estate related. Anything I can do for you, just let me know. Um, and even the company that I'm doing underwriting for, we give back in charities. Um, and then and stuff like that, and, and ultimately, once I you know get uh, the full time syndication and underwriting underway, I really want to start to move into exactly what you're talking about. You know, giving back to kids in need, or um, you know, really look into affordable housing as well, and, and ultimately building an empire to help others is, is what I'm all about and what I plan to, to go for.
2: How do people find you, get a hold of you? What is the one place, a lot of listeners, a lot of uh, guests, they always try to give like 10 spots. Yeah. If, somebody, if somebody wanted to contact you, what's the one best way for them to do that?
0: Facebook all day, every day. Um, I'll, you know, Invite me, add me as a friend, shoot me a message. Um, that's sort of where I'm most active in terms of what I post and where I communicate with people. Um, so I definitely shoot for Facebook if you want to connect with me.
2: All right, yeah, and for the listeners who are driving, um, two things. Number one, scroll down, and I'll have a link to Nathan's Facebook right there. But uh, if just to make sure that you remember his name and you'll be able to type it in, Nathan, we just spell your first and last name, that they can type that into Facebook and search you.
0: Absolutely. So it's Nathan, N-A-T-H-A-N, and last name is L-O-Y.
2: awesome. Awesome. Nathan, thank you for coming on. I'm going to, I, well, let me say this. Got a lot of value from you. Got a lot of value on something that we don't always talk about. Which, but it's interesting because um, everyone's always talking about how to find the deal, how to fund the deal, mm-hmm. how to close on the deal. But man, if, if they're not focused on how to manage the deal while right. it's happening, they will lose money. So thank you for the valuable information that you shared with me and all the listeners as well. I appreciate it. I'm going to let you go, but until next time, my friend, think outside the box. I hope you got value out of today's episode. I appreciate you keep coming back on multiple episodes and listening time and time again. Make sure that you hit that subscribe button. And if you would do me a giant favor, It helps the podcast a lot. When you hit that subscribe button, there's a place to rate the show and give us a review. And as a reminder, it is the holiday season. And if you'd like to be a part of bringing toys to foster children, scroll down,
1: grab that link and let's make it happen.